You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh. Proudly sponsored by LFG Australia. LFG-Oz.com.au Or you could visit their store in Canberra. It's in the ACT. For all your board gaming needs. And now, on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is indeed the Dice Men Cometh for episode 358. No, not the Winchester rifle from the 50s, although we do have somebody on the show that was around when that was invented, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> and this podcast is the numero uno, or numero dos, podcast in Australia about board gaming, tabletop stuff, depending on the week, where we're going to talk about everything board gaming on you can play on a table, in a table, around a table, or anything to talk like that. I am Leon. I haven't been here very often, hence why I'm just tripping over my words. <laughs> and over there is Mr. Garthy Boy. Hello. And over there is Mr. Marky Boy. I was just about to say, Garth, who's this guy? I don't, yes. I don't know. I, I don't get on to these normal episodes that much, because I'm normally sick or dealing with small children or dealing with small sick children, but I am Diceman Leon. Anybody out there that is a member of our our Patreon, you know that thing we do where only cost a little bit every month and you get the best episodes we've ever done ever. Plug, 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 plug. I've never missed one of those. Would never dare to miss one of those. <laughs> but yes, haven't been on a normal one in quite some time. But I'm... Why do you keep using normal in inverted commas? Well, you know, I just... <laughs> I like, to, I like to be a man of the people. But since I haven't been on in a while, I'm not going to you know, mess up the formula too much with you guys. I'm going to hit some of the Leon classics. Have a formula? <laughs> I'm going to hit some of the Leon classics, some things like, hey guys, I bought a new game. Or, hey guys, I sold a new game. Well, hey. Or the infinite classics, hey guys, my back. Oh God, my back, my back, my back. <laughs> Isn't it like all those things happen in the same day? Yes. Generally, I sold a game and bought a game, and because I was transporting the games, it threw my back out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a very much when it rains, it pours kind of geezer. And mm. uh, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about BorderCon. We may have mentioned it once before. Do you guys ever talk about BorderCon on the show? I don't think you do. Maybe as much as PAX. What? Have you been to PAX? No, I haven't. It's a thing I've never heard of. Uh, we're probably going to talk quite a bit about BorderCon on this episode. But it's nice to be back in a room with you, lads, because it's been about a week and a half. And since <laughs> I saw you last, last time you saw me... Um, um, I had a beard. I don't have a beard anymore. Oh, I never even noticed. And, uh, <laughs> and I almost did a die about nine days ago. Oh, here we go. And yeah, wound up in the emergency room at three in the morning. Yeah, thinking I was uh, going to choke to death. But here I am. <laughs> Happy as Larry, ready to talk about cardboard on tables and stuff. You know what I've always wondered? Yeah. How happy is Larry? I don't know. Although the painkillers they had on, I probably could have asked him because he could have been the shiny thing next to me that I was talking to, which was probably an <laughs> IV drip or a lamp. Hard to say. But it was that, that. That's a burning question. And also, how hot is buggery? I'll leave that to you to yeah. discover, Mark. Um, look, before we continue, we must say a very special thanks, as usual, to our very, very generous sponsor, Charles from LFG. LFG Australia. No. LFG-Oz.com.au I noticed that I think they've got a big secondhand thing happening. They had a ladies game night. Charles is doing an amazing job up there in Canberra. But of course, you can hit him up online for all the great games as I did recently when I got Wingspan Oceana. I tell you what, my wife, she loves it. I bet she does. And she liked that card game as well. (laughs) Um, Anyway... Before we go on too much, because we've got a lot to cover on this episode, but specifically BorderCon, 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 and BorderCon, we'll take a quick break, if that's okay with you, Master of Ceremonies, Leon. I mean, I suppose we can make a thing of having a break after a few minutes of chat, mm. and that is fine by me. And then we'll come back, and we'll talk all about BorderCon, you're with the Dice Men Cometh. The Dice Men Cometh! 
I'm Lee Parrott. I'm a new board game designer. And my tip to any other designers is get the dice men to play your game. They have amazing feedback. It's so useful. Uh, except for what Leon said. <laughs> the Dice Man Cometh! Alright, we are back to talk about our amazing BorderCon experience. And at least, guys, this time... Leon didn't sleep in, not have his alarm go off and make us almost miss the plane. Remember that one, Garth? Yeah, that was so funny. That was funny. last year. I mean, <laughs> things went so smoothly this year, Leon, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I, I got my wife to early in the morning to, to give me a cheeky little lift to your place, Mark, and then you and your lovely partner were going to go pick up Garth and take us to the airport. And that was all well and good, except for when my wife dropped us off at your place, then uh, she was driving my car, it then uh, didn't start. And then didn't start for two days. <laughs> Makes it hard to drive. How did you drive? <laughs> uh, what we did is we got a friend of ours who's a grown up um, who knows things about cars. And apparently when I put in my new battery several months ago, uh, he told me, although he is the nicest guy I know. Nah, mate, you put it in perfectly fine. Nah, mate, she's fine, mate, she's fine, mate. But basically what I did was I <laughs> undid what you did, did it back up, and she was fine again. Yeah, but he took out the double A's that you'd installed. Yeah. In the car battery, is that right? Yeah, I got one of those big square ones you used to put in the torches back in the day. I thought, that's right, strap four of them together. It's about the same size. And yeah, so that was the start of our BorderCon yes. funsies. Yeah, can I ask that we don't make this a tradition? I mean, oh. it's two years on a row that Leon has tried his darndest to make sure we don't get on the plane Did you not want to, to go? BorderCon. No, I was really looking forward to it. Yeah, you looked like you were really looking forward to it when we were sitting in the airport after the relaxing morning you've had. Oh, yeah, I was, I was not stressed at all with Anyway, let's, look, let's move on. We... We had a, I was going to say a nice cup of coffee, but we had a cup of coffee we did. at the airport. We got on a little plane. We all put our headphones in, didn't speak to each other for an hour. Next thing you know, we're in Melbourne. Yeah. How about that? And then we went, picked up our little hire car. Thank you very much, little. Garth, for organising that. And a drive off. Had uh, an operation, which he is going through with flying colours. Thank you very much for that, Leah. It's good to hear. Good to hear you're recovering well. And she said, oh... Just come along, we'll give you a feed. And we said, you don't have to do that. You don't have to feed us. And she said, oh, I'll just throw in a slow roasted brisket into the slow cooker. And we went, oh, yes. we'll have portions, please. Double portions, yes. double portions. Thank you very much. And yes, so we stopped up to see her and her mother. And it was lovely times had by all. All the chatting and the lovely eating of the brisket on a mm. cold afternoon. And then we jumped back in the kickety car. And we uh, talked for two hours about uh, the word cattle. <laughs> And, and cows. And cows, and me counting cattle. And, and was, heifers. And, and heifers. Ask us about it sometime. It's hilarious. <laughs> and then... Maybe we, we should do a podcast about cat, cattle. We no, also, no. I will point out, I think we took more right-angle turns than I've ever <laughs> taken in my life. Because literally, where we went, if you like, was on a diagonal from Namurka to Albury-Wodonga. But they're all paddocks out there. And so you basically just got to drive along the edge of each paddock and then turn left or right along the top or bottom of the next paddock. And we literally did 20 turns like that. It wasn't impressed. a straight line. No, it was as the crow flies. It's just this crow was a big fan of Tetris, you see. So he was doing lots of little L turns and hooks and little It's like being in the snake from yeah. the Nokia. <laughs> but we got there in the end we did. to Albury Wodonga. At five o'clock. After yeah. getting on a plane at nine, we finally got to our destination. And look, the exciting thing was, I remember, 
We got there just as they were about to do all the hard work to set up. So we decided we should go and check out our hotel for a while and unpack our bags and settle in because that looked like hard work. Yeah. Exactly. They did an amazing job, though, the Border Conte. They did, and we didn't want to cramp their style. Yeah. No. So we went to uh, the commercial club because mm. we're classy, and we met, a, we met a couple of Queenslanders there, the old rivals that we see every year, and we were looking forward to it. And we sat down for them, had a few brewskis, I don't mind telling you. Um Save me repeating that later on, because we, we did that every day, most hours. Uh, and yeah, we sat down with them. We had a cheeky feed, and we also had a cheeky couple of card games, too. And the the lovely waitress that served us was convinced that we were in the poker tournament that was happening later that night. And we were just like, oh, no, different kind of card games for us. Oh, love. yes. Uh, those up there, they're, they're scary, grown-up folk that play with real people money. But we also played the role of travel agent, because oh, yes. she was looking to move to Tasmania. Yes, so we advised her to not move to Zion no. and maybe try Hobart instead. Yes. Yep. And idea. we played, I was going to say, you know, the first game we're going to mention, we played a game which I'd never even heard of before. Aos, the king of tiny card games that are incredibly fun and entertaining, whipped out um, a game? something special Hopefully. Um, called Shtickum, or apparently the English version is called Stickum. Mm. And... Uh, Proceeded to play that for about maybe an hour or so with about six of us, I think. Yeah, yeah I played it for about uh, ten minutes. Uh, my back was hurting. A and B, uh, did I mention it? And B didn't really understand how the game worked, so I left and went back to BorderCon to see how everything was going with the setup. I kindly went, "Oh, good job," and went to the other room and started playing <laughs> games with people. And I played a little game called uh, a trick-taking game called Ten that I really enjoyed that you might hear about at some point later. And then these clowns turned up and we decided to play... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Just one thing about Stick'em. Yeah. yeah. Who won the very first game? Uh. Of <laughs> the very first game. It's not a real game. It was a tiny it, game. It was a, a. Doesn't really count. It was, look, we'll, we'll probably say. And I wasn't there. Probably say it was a game of BorderCon. And then the next, <laughs> and then the next game we played uh, a bit, a bit of a hotness, bit of a bit of an award nominee. Uh, next, next, next station, next stop. Next station, London. Next, next stop, London. I'm calling it from now on. Oh yeah, Aussie Matt Dunstan nominee for the Spiel this year. Uh, this year and, and, and well, arguably your game of the con I'd reckon Leo. Oh, I would say so it's one of those you know something and right games games that we're massive fans on here in the Dice Man Cometh uh, we played this game and I tell you what the, the painkillers were doing the job that day because I didn't understand the rules to this one either no for some reason you thought it had nothing to do with trains or pencils I don't know I just started drawing lines all over the shop and just kind of you know, uh, you know I wrote except some, those dotted lines I wrote some profanity on there have I have I one yet yeah <laughs> But apparently that it didn't. Apparently, apparently Garth won the first collective game of Bordagon that we played. And then I, what I remember most is we were all set for a big night. We had our friends there. We Woo! had games. And then the Bordagon staff came and said, "Hang on, Bordagon's tomorrow. Get out. Go to bed. Yeah, you blouts." And we were like, "No way. Gaming's just started. Yeah. Hey, you friends of the Dice Men, come back to our hotel room." And then we. Took some friends back to our hotel room. Where someone had conveniently left a one-litre bottle of Captain Morgan rum and some colas. Mm, yes. I don't know how that happened, but what the service there. Jeez, they were good people who ever did that in our hotel room. Clever stuff. They were. So then we had a few games of uh, Fuji Flush by Freedom and Freeze. Mm. And one of our all-time favourites, as uh, Mike from Board Game Barbecue would say, Bellati. 
Not Bellaratti. 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 Great game. And I've finally found a copy and oh. it's on its way to Woo-hoo. Tasmania. Hooray. Fantastic. One it of is the game- German version, but it really needs yeah. no... Uh, rules. I think I got the Spanish version <laughs> from like three or four border cons ago. It's one of those games that we've talked about this several times and that nearly everyone should have this game in their collection, but a lot of people have never even heard of it, which mm. is just an absolute shame. Anyway, we've got a lot of uh, border cons still to talk about. So Friday morning, yeah, we had a date. We had a date with Evolution and with our friend Norkel, who was planning to teach us Darwin's Journey, which was the first of the big, if you like, games that we committed to. We did commit to a bit more this BorderCon than last as far as, far as bigger games go. Well, I certainly think you two did. Mm. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I had organised one game, um, which ultimately ended up happening on Monday morning. Yeah. I was not roped into this. I was asked to join this one, and I was very, very happy to, mm. to play it. But yeah, Darwin's Journey, no doubt we will talk about that in, in the future. I think so. But after that, we... We continued down the really heavy path of, of Darwin's journey by going into Challenges. Yes. Which is a mm. Kenner Spiel Kenish nominated Spiel game, mm. which uh, when we talk about it, you'll find out it's not really that complex. Mm. No. When it's like a six-year-old could play it, I don't think so. Well, a six-year-old who opens the box and then lets the game play. Anyway, that that just sort of led right into a massive gaming uh, day of gaming on Friday. Um, we played next. We played the Camel Up card game. We played uh, some trick taking games with our friend Craig Summerton, including a design of his Mesozoic Mesozoic Mayhem. Great little game about dinosaurs. Um, then first contact, first contact, Egyptian uh, code names, which oh. was a belt and that was that was really cool. I was I was surprised yeah. I hadn't heard of it before. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of like code names for. Humans v. Gods. Yeah. Or humans yeah. with gods. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Uh, there was another one. I mean, just they're all coming back to me now. There was another one called The Number. There was one called My Favourite Things. Uh, then some people, not me at that stage, I don't think, played Texas Showdown. That was me. I was off doing something Oh, else. yes. And then and we went for a 16-person yeah. curry, as is our want on the Friday of BorderCon. And all was it, it really, was good. But, but was it 16-person or was it 14-person curry? No, it was 16. It's just you two are morons and don't understand how things work. I seem to think we put in an order for a for a shared banquet. Yeah, you just as get did it, a couple it, of other people. Yeah. And then one shared banquet for two people turned up when the four people who were getting banquet meals said, Is that, is that all there is? <laughs> Please, sir, can I have some more? They said, no. That's your banquet. Shut up and eat it. Or some words to that effect. <laughs> and then we were like, okay. And then we went to pay on the way out and there were not enough banquets to pay for because it turns out there was only one two-person banquet. So it oh. was good. But Absolutely. the food was great. However. At, at my end of the table, everything went swimming. Oh, let me guess. You had an extra banquet? No, we didn't. We just had everything we ordered correctly and it was lovely. Yum, what? Yum, 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 yum. Anyway. It's nice to be we... near the person who actually organised it and therefore has to take full responsibility. Yeah. When we went back, Leon, <laughs> yeah. you and I donned our best chiffon gown. Oh, yes, we did indeed. And went straight back to Regency Days with our great friend and Patreon supporter, James. And Jess. No, Jess didn't play. That's right. She did not. <laughs> um, you're sorry. thinking of Liss, which yes, rhymes sorry. with yes. Jess. 
That's where we met the lovely Liz. Yes. And we played Obsession. No, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Manor renovating and courting mm. in Regency times with lots of lovely voices. Yes. Well, ladies. Yes. Um, Mr. Darcy had a rollicking good time that night. It was a lot of fun. I and then behind it. us, Garth was playing the most testosterone fueled testosterone game in all of testosterone. Oh, yeah. Oh, a little, yeah. A little game that he's been after for ages, but. Just refuses to buy it because he's just that kind of person. A little game called Heat Garth. Yeah, it is arguably the hottest game around at the moment. Hotter than Jason Statham's scrotum. Sure. Depends what Jason Statham's <laughs> doing, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I managed to play Heat, pants. and that was that was excellent. Or was it? I don't know. We'll talk about it later, maybe. And then we finish the night with not one, but two of the all-time best convention slash party games in the history of ever. We played a bit of Just One. A few more people turned up to the, the table. And then we played a bit of Time's Up slash Monikers slash, oh, just hilarity prevails. Yeah, that's right. That's where we learned about that uh, space documentary. Oh, that documentary is a classic. <laughs> yes. The documentary known only as Expanse. Yes. The Expanse, the space documentary. Mm. Was, it was an amazing mm. story. But well, look, I mean, what, what makes this version of, of Time's Up special is the fact that it is choose your own Time's Up. Mm. You know, essentially, um, you know, the cards are blank. You get a pencil and some cards and you just got to write stuff that you think everyone will know about. So, you know, you have the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and you have Taylor Swift and you have Donald Trump and you have all of these things that hopefully are there to in just basically mean that everyone knows what's going on and has a, has a great time. And yeah. I don't think it ever fails to no. deliver. No. Uh, it certainly has sliding scales of hilarity. Not to mention when you have things like The Dark Knight and his awesome soundtrack of... Yes, but it, well gave, done, it gave the gloomy effects. Anyway, look, we've only covered Friday. There's still two and a half more days to go. Sat- and Saturday, look, Saturday <laughs> was the biggest day of all. Saturday was a bit redonkulous. Where we, um, Leon and I, we both had an a, appointment early. Mm-hmm. Myself... On the advice of the team of Board Game Barbecue, I signed up for a game of John Company 2nd Edition, which I sat down to at 9.30am on Saturday, and I stood up from at 5.30pm on Saturday. (laughs) And let's not talk about that anymore, although it might come up in later conversation. And Leon. Yes, so I was playing War Room 2nd Edition, which is the entire Second World War in one board game. And... Very similar to Mark, I sat down at about 9 o'clock, fresh-faced in the morning, uh, and then got up at a little bit earlier than you, actually, at about mm. 4 in the afternoon. That's only because, by that point, we'd had three rounds and just decided to call it, because we knew <laughs> we literally wouldn't get this game finished before Sunday afternoon. <laughs> but again, we'll talk about that later. But what was Garthy Boy doing during this whole time? Uh, well, I, I decided not to go crazy, so I uh, built some highways in uh Germany, mm. Eastern Germany and Western Germany in the game Autobahn. Yeah. Uh, I then sat down with um, designer of Unfair and Funfair, Joel Finch, mm. who was there. Um, Eris, who was also there. Uh, Erin. And uh, who else was there? I was one of the Johns from Queensland and played Unearth. Ah. Um, then, around about this time, there was a bit of an odour in the air. <laughs> smelt like some cooking on some form of Australian outdoor cooking implement because, lo and behold, the first ever board game barbecue attendee arrived Mm. because Mike showed up fresh-faced as a daisy straight off the plane where he'd returned from Bali 
straight to BorderCon because that's the kind of hardcore gamer he is. Can you believe they let that kind of riffraff in here now? Yeah. After nearly 10 years we've been doing this show, they've finally let that kind of folk in there. I am very, very, very glad that they did because Mike is a lovely bloke, yes. as are the Board Game Barbecue team. But we sat down and then just started um, a, a nice relaxing game of Junk Art, which is always fun. Yes. Like, Junk Art is just such a great, easy game to play. Obviously, it was the wooden version, which is really nice. Um, and look, it was just great to catch up with him because, Mark, you and I hadn't caught him... Uh, when was the last time we saw him? I think it was PAX. Oh, PAX! Moving Leon. on, moving Remember on, that, Leon? moving on. And by this time, Mark and myself had finished up our games and we come over to join you. This is the first time I had met said barbecue and straight away I was just like, yes, we're going to get on like a house on fire. What a shock. Uh, and we sat down for a game... Uh, called Give Me That or Give Me That Give Me That or The Potato Game as most people <laughs> call it or as everyone else in that entire giant board game room called it for half an hour what the hell are they doing up there I want to kill all those people at Correct. that table and if we were on the Patreon episode where we do say the swears it wouldn't be what the hell yeah. are those people doing oh no it'd be some more colourful language but yeah. this game considering that all you're doing is filling out from one to a hundred yeah, on a bit of paper. It's like a write and write. It's, it's yeah. quite, it's quite fun. Yeah, think, except there's one should... die and you roll it and things happen as well that are potato based. But anyway, moving on. It's totally potato based. Um, of course, it is. After that, we then went into uh, Heckmeck and uh, changed from potatoes to worms, and that was a bit of exciting mm. dice rolling worm collection. Before we went, Mark, you and I, into hamster roll. Now. As the name suggests, um, there's a cylindrical sort of central a wheel, piece. Like a hamster wheel. wheel, hamster wheel. Thought, yeah. um, and you're putting pieces on there, so it's kind of like Jenga in a hamster wheel, yep. kind of like a junkardy type of stacking on things. So that was that was quite interesting. We yeah, had a great right. time. It reminds that. me most of that meme of the person riding a bike who sticks the stick oh, in their yes. own spokes. <laughs> It's like that. Yes. But fun. Yes. And while you lads were doing that, I played the opening scenario in a game that I have at home that I've been meaning to learn and teach myself. It is the pop-up escape room game, The Shivers. I played the first opening scenario of that. You'll be hearing about that sometime in the coming future. I can tell you that's for sure. And also, after that, got to play a little game called Top 10 that we're going to be talking about a little bit later in the episode. And then we went to have another massive 16-person dinner because we're very, very popular, you see. Uh, And this time, everything went a bit more swimmingly. Uh, (laughs) Oh, we got food. Yes, we we got food that time. And And then, yes, once we finished that lovely dinner and went back upstairs, ooh... Oh, was it luchador time? Yes. As it is every year when myself and my good friend Renee are then joined by our newcomer in our trios team this year by the name of Beck against the evil Queenslanders who for the last several years have had their own referee who's now a part of their luchador team. If that doesn't spell chaos, I don't know what mm. does. And statistically, you'd think we would win <laughs> after about doing this for about seven years. But no... We're lost yet again because the story just keeps on rolling and it just will refuse to end. And then, what, party games? Party games. Lots party, of games. party games. We yeah. hung out with Mike until very, very early into the morning. I did, play, I did play a lot of Ricochet Robots, which I hate. Yes. And I wouldn't, wouldn't say I played it as, as much as I was determined to not just give up. Yeah. <laughs> um, another game that may come up in discussion la- yep. uh, later, which was called... Auf Teufel komm raus, which apparently a very, very, very loose translation is the devil's butthole. Um, <laughs> but then, we, you know, being being good little boys, we went back, went to bed. It was probably only 
2, 2.30 at that stage. Yep. Relatively early night for us because we had to get up early on Sunday because someone, um, I can't remember who, was being Dutch. Yes, and it was not my wife, it was me. Yeah. I had a little game set up of Amsterdam that I was looking forward to. And behind me, you lads were playing a game that you were supposed to play last year, but you didn't. Mm. But now you did, called Sidereal Confluence. Oh, we did. A big six-player game taught to us by Ben and Jenny of uh, the CanCon Game Library fame, the new runners of CanCon Game Library. That was a cracker. I'm sure we'll talk more about that later. Then we sat down with uh, designer Lee Perrett to play his game, Grimwald. We basically redesigned it in about five minutes for him. <laughs> along just... with along with our good friend Alan Cheshire, also a designer, the Kingdom of Air designer. Yes. And yes, we basically, yes, completely redesigned his game right in front of his eyes. But <laughs> but those two next to each other and the chitty chat they have, you can tell there's something special brewing in the Australian game designing world. Yes. There's a, there's a lot of good young minds out there and there's good fresh stuff coming. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for a game that's based on victory pants. Yes, yeah. that's all I can say. <laughs> that's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Um, then we met some more new friends. We played a little card game about witches. Was it called Covens and Cats or something like that? Something to that effect. Um, and then, you know, because it started, time got on, we started to get into the, the party games again. Well, we did No, no, you're did missing we? out a massive we had, one. We had oh, the sorry. most oh, board game of the whole oh, week. Yeah, no, it's just Ron. We'll just skip past that, can't we? No, no. we not. So our BorderCon winner as well as getting to play a game with us, gets to choose the game that mm. we play, and Ron had chosen Sagrada. So we got to play the three of us, which Ron with Ron and his partner, um, and had a wonderful and very successful game of Sagrada for some of us. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it was... Was it, did I win that? No, win that? we really didn't. No, Leon did. Um, Garth did, of course. That's why he's saying it, Leon. I must have come second then, because I was smashing it there for a while. Uh, yeah, but, but then, yeah, then you started putting dice in there that were illegal. <laughs> but, and you had three empty holes yes, that's, because that's you pretended true. to put stuff in there. But we Ron, had a really great time. Ron was as, as the proper board game of the years. He took all the different good bits from all the different expansions that he had mm. to make one awesome six-player game. Uh, five-player game, sorry. And it, it was awesome. Yeah. This game that, when it came out a few years ago, I thought, this is fine, was great fun. Yeah, yeah. but after that, yeah. Then, oh boy, did we play a game. Oh, yeah. Apparently, it was called Hand to Hand Wombat. And, uh, and <laughs> that was where we stopped. Yep. Uh, we then played another little game called Crossing, um, all about gems and pointing at them. Mm. Uh, we then tried again uh, Texas Showdown, which some of us hadn't played previously. Yep. And that was, that right was great. Uh, and then we just had a wonderful, fun night of uh, a little game that uh, those eagle eared listeners from previous podcasts would know. Uh, top 10. Mm. Yes, and by this time, uh, uh, my back, you, have I mentioned it, was playing up after the, the raffle we'd gone through in the afternoon where we stood up and did all the cheering for all our friends winning all the games and none of it because we didn't win anything this year. Correct. Which is redonkulous. Uh, I went back to the hotel room, chucked some more painkillers down my throat and thought, I'm going to learn the big game we're playing tomorrow. The only game we're playing tomorrow, I'm going to learn it. Got to went on to YouTube. Oh, Becca Scott's got a video. Good on you, Becca. Got about five minutes into that and quite literally passed out. <laughs> Mobile phone in hand. I don't imagine it looked great when you guys come back to the hotel room. But that's Leon asleep, <laughs> half passed out with a Becca Scott video. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. So um, that was a thing that happened. But and then Monday morning. I was going to say, then Garth, you and I stayed on and just partied on the only way you can when you're partying on with a top 10 party, because there ain't no party like a top 10 party. On and on and on into the night. Um, it was hilarious. If you want to know more about Top 10, listen to episode 357 because we do a review on it. But yeah, it was definitely one of the hits. Oh, we may talk about it more. Spoiler alert. And then Monday. 
and Monday was basically watching Leon um, tell us to set up Frostpunk and it'd all be really relaxing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was. And then we played two turns of Frostpunk, um, decided that Leon should buy it, and then we left. <laughs> yes, I don't recall one of those steps there, but sure. <laughs> Every, all the rest of it made perfect sense. Yes, this game that uh, very much up the dice, Men Alley, but uh, we're going to have to actually get a copy in Little Old Hobart before we talk about yeah, that one. There needs probably. to be something in this little island. But look, then we... Made it way home and flew home and then just mm. caught up on sleep for the last week. And now here we are again. Well, I nearly died that night. But that's beside the point. Yeah, you just love doing that. Yeah, it's just my cup of tea. Had nothing oh, to do with my back, I, I can tell you. I think he's got a crush on a nurse in the emergency ward, perhaps. Because he no, just keeps, diff- keeps ending up there. Different hospital. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Anywho, I'm alive and well. Thank you all for the messages, which I did have a few of. Thank you very much. Well, that was a lightning round of our border con journey. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to deep dive into some of our amazing experiences in a bit more detail to tell you about some of the games, some of the experiences, some of the fun, some of the craziness, some of the lowlights, maybe. There weren't any lowlights, but if there were, we might mention them. But for the moment, we're going to take a break and you're listening to The Dice Men Cometh. Please note, the following is a paid advertisement and not a review. Tony, but uh, I'm a bit worried about these uh, these West Indies. They're not doing really well here, and I think they're going to have to uh, buy a wicket if they keep going like this for much longer. Well, I'm going to drop the accent because it's going to go down all <laughs> kinds of bad, but have I got a thematic game for you that celebrates cricket in an abstract way without pushing away people who don't know the sport? Oh, we don't want to do that. No. This game, which is an Aussie-designed card game by Seabrook Studios, oh, by Ryan, is called... 10 wickets. Now, I know, Bill, that apart from pigeons, you are all about the art. Oh, I'm all about the art. I'm all about the cards. I'm all about cricket. Everything about cricket. This game features art of not your favourite players because they are abstractions of players, but art of all different characters, all different qualities. You've got your your openers, you've got your middle order, you've got your tail enders, you've even got your all-rounder. Oh, I didn't know I was a famous uh, opener once. Oh, really? Yes, Garth. Yes. That's fantastic. So, look, the joy of this game is that, as you alluded to at the start, you might have to buy a wicket oh, in yes. this uh, particular game. So, the the nature of it is the more you spend, the more you're helping your opponent by scoring. And the good thing is, this is a two-player game, which is exactly what cricket is. Oh, yeah. So you've got to be really economical with the number of runs that you're willing to give away, as well as really wanting to claim the wickets that you need to make sure that at the end of the game, you have taken your... Ten wickets! That's right. That's right. How's that? Oh, I got, got him. him. Yes. Oh, my God. This just reminds <laughs> so much of my childhood. So there is a really flexible bidding system that lets you bid up. 
It leads you a bit down. It lets you reshape your hand and it gives you lots of agency over your game, the team that you're trying to amass and ultimately the score that you're trying to get, which is going to be how you, Mark, came close to winning some games. <laughs> well, that's right. You don't want to, you don't want to take one, one wicket. You want to take two, 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 and then another two. Oh, God. So look, bidding up by a higher amount than you prefer to reduce the number of cards used can be a really good way to work. Um, but also using good ball tokens. Now, everyone needs some good ball tokens from time to time, but using those and bidding high to reserve a card, knowing that it reduces your flexibility. So you've really got to make sure that you're using the available information, you're using those good ball tokens, which are just bidding by up or down by a 10, because the game will end quite quickly. Oh, what a good ball that was. Just, just about got him. Well, those tail enders, they, they don't hold the fort as much as your, your middle order or your openers, that's for sure. Is oh, that I right? Oh, they don't stay around for long, that's for sure. So look, you've really got to keep an eye on what your own team is doing and the wickets you're taking, but you've also got to keep a really strong eye on the opponent because manoeuvring your opponent into being forced to take a wicket will free up a spot. Now, there's a bit of tableau building in this because you can't have a team full of all-rounders. You can't have a team of opening batsmen, so you can only take a couple of different uh, wickets of each category. So you can only take a couple of openers because, lo and behold, there's only two of them. Only... Uh, <laughs> only two openers. Oh, uh... that's, that's perfect there, Richie or Bill or Tony. I'm not <laughs> quite sure. Um, but the good thing is you want to make sure that you've taken the full complement. So you want to have your, your openers, your middle orders, your, you know, your all-rounders and your, and your tail-enders because you get rewarded for the diversity of the sets that you've collected. So that's a really important part of making sure that your team ends up with the winning score. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the great thing is the natural quickening of the game as the lower cards are used makes successful bids. They're removed from the game as well, which leaves you with only higher cards in the supply. And this means that you're going to be bidding more runs for those cards and makes your score go potentially cuckoo. Now, Mark, we've played several times and scores have been 200, 300. They've been just one day scores. They've been 20, 20 scores. They've been everywhere in between. So this is a game for people who love their cricket, but also for those who don't, because it's this two way little sort of tussle between the good guys, me, <laughs> the bad guys, you all trying to get your 10 wickets. Yes, it was marvellous. And the scores are well over 200, I think, Garth. Wow, that's excellent. So look, I really encourage you to support this uh, Kickstarter. It's going live on not the 22th of June, but the 20th of June, which is not too far away. Oh, Garth, uh, it's a uh, Tuesday, the 20th, uh, 2-0, Tuesday. Jump onto Kickstarter, have a look at Kickstarter and go to 10 Wickets by Seabrook Studios. Um, you can actually go in and be notified of the launch if you do happen to listen to this before the 20th. Um, support Australian games, support cricket, and uh, support the Dice Men supporting all of those things. Oh, that's great work by little Aussie studio. He's going to come out batting, he's going to knock it for six. Oh, my goodness, Tony Greg, you'll never see anything like it. So there you go. He's got him, yes. He's played 10 Wickets. We really like it. Go on and check it out on Kickstarter from the 20th of June. That's 10 wickets.
Yeah, welcome back to the Dice Men Cometh. Now, you've had your little fix of the little drip feed of what BorderCon was all about, but now it's time to go deep and dark and delve for all the goodness. So, Leon, I believe you have some questions that you would like to ask us. I do. I have some questions burning on my little notepad on my phone right here. And uh, we're not going to start off all in a positive place. We're going to start off in the negative so we can get it out of the way early. Uh, What was your dog of the con? What was the game that sadly didn't hit for you? And I must say, this con, I'm glad to say that it was not easy to think of one of these because nearly everything I played either was exactly what I expected it to be, which was cool, which is why I was playing it, or exceeded that. Uh, but Garthy Boy, what would you say was your dog of the con? What was the game that really didn't click for you? Uh, hand-to-hand Wombat, Mark. Yes! <laughs> yes. No, look, I've, I've got to go in a bit more detail than that. Hand-to-hand Wombat, designed by the same people as Exploding Kittens and yeah. presumably Unstable Unicorns and yeah. all that kind of thing. But that, let's be fair, they are games. Correct. Regardless of the fact that they're pretty simple and not terribly entertaining, they're still games. Yes. So the, the main fact that people know about Wombats is that they have square poos. Yes. That's kind of the thing. Uh, and that's great. Um, for some reason, there there is a game, it's called Hand to Hand Wombat. Uh, it's basically a game that you play blindfolded and try and stack things up from the largest piece to the smallest piece in a pyramid and there's always a trader who's trying to stuff things up. Um, it's dumb. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of dumb. Um, it's thankfully a very cheap game to play. Um, do want to say thank you to um, to Charles for providing it to us. <laughs> oh, it was entertaining, because it's not necessarily in the way it was meant to be. Well, yes, yeah. and I think with the right very young group of people, yeah, of course, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's just it's kind of dumb, yeah. and then when I say kind of dumb, I mean really dumb. Um, but that's that's it's hard to say. That's my dog of the con because it definitely wasn't expecting much, but it was bad. Yeah, Marky boy. So, I have to preface this... Oh, no. ...with... What's he doing? This game is not a dog... Uh-oh. ...in any, in any um, way, shape, or form. Oh, we're getting cancelled. <laughs> the dogs, though... What are you doing? ...are those... Am I allowed to say the word... No, you're not. ...where not Wait till you don't know who your father is? Wait till... Can I say that on these podcasts? I mean, it's in the dictionary, but so is half the word. Okay, so say. those bastards... There you go. Um, ...on the board game barbecue <laughs> that led me down the garden path of thinking that it'd be an amazing idea to use up many, many hours of my BorderCon experience playing a game called John Company Second Edition. I was intrigued by it. It's a game about the British East India Company, which at the time, and apparently still today is the largest company to have ever existed. Obviously, if you measure their wealth back then in today money, in Bitcoin. Um, Don't measure it in Bitcoin. No, no. The value could change quite <laughs> quite highly just in this the time of this discussion. And, you know, it's a, it's a war game. It's a commerce game. It's a negotiation game. It's like a coin game. It's a crazy, crazy roller coaster ride of a game where you are four families in control of this company and internally you are vying for control of the company. And there are all these offices within the country. So you might have the chairman, or you might have the head of military affairs or the head of shipping or the trade master or the president of Bengal affairs. And all these, there's a specific way that all these officers are appointed. And then 
all the company's money basically has to get divided up. You can't even save any between all the various different offices. Then you spend the money. It might be on doing trade within India. It might be going and putting down a little rebellion in a particular area of India. So, you know, it's not a full review. No. no. Okay, anyway, I'm just there's a there's a yeah. lot to it. <laughs> yes, we we heard. There's really? a lot to this game. I haven't I, I haven't got I think there's that. maybe eighteen steps in a turn. Um we played the short scenario, <laughs> which was five turns. However, the company did go bankrupt before the end of the fifth turn, which ended the game automatically, even after having been bailed out by the British royal family at the start of the fourth <laughs> turn, because hey, we had a deal with them that said the first time we went bankrupt, they'd bail us out. Pity that we then immediately went straight back into bankruptcy. But that all sounds fine. I mean, totally fine. It's a it's a complex game, absolutely. Well, you're still talking about it. But I know. the thing about this game, we weren't subtle enough. Guys. Is yeah. that Leon has more questions? We hey, I'm I'm the one watching the timer here. <laughs> the, the thing about this game is every single decision in the game is a negotiation. It might not involve all four players because only three of you might be in a particular region. You would say that, wouldn't you? But every <laughs> single every single decision in the game is a negotiation. Now, in a game like that, there's a couple of different ways it could go. Like, let's say if, if I was playing a game like that, I might go, hey, Garth, I'm going to do this unless you pay me money not to. What's your next question, Leon? I'm and then you're probably going to go, I don't care, Mark. And I go, fine, I'll do it. But some other people might go... Well, Garth, what do you want me to do, Leon? And then after you tell me for five minutes, they might go, Leon. Yeah. What do you want me to do? I want you to shut up. And then, <laughs> and then the other third person, and then they might go, No, I'm not sure about that, Garth. What if I did this? How does that sound to you? And then they might make one decision, which is one of eighteen in the round, which is one of five turns. They might make that whole process go for half an hour, and then imagine that. Rinse and repeat. I can imagine it going for half an hour. Yeah. So what I want to say is... How about we negotiate that I give you a chocolate and then you let Leon ask... What I want to say is I think that there's an amazing game in there for the right group of people, but I would urge you to make sure that you have people that are prepared to have a a conversation, maybe involving a timer... Um, to make sure this game keeps moving along. Now, don't get me wrong. Timer, well, it, it was, it was lovely. It was lovely. The group of people I played with were lovely. Um, I played. Did they game- know when to stop negotiating and stop talking. Uh, I have played games with some of them before, and I will play <laughs> games with it. some of them again. But yeah, it, it was Did too it- long. So, was your answer, John Company? It was too long. Okay, Leon, what was your dog at the con? Uh, Okay, thank you. What's I know. I know what the dictionary definition of negotiation is. I've just had a thorough explanation of that. <laughs> I've now forgot where I am and what I'm doing. Board games. That's right. Uh, mine would probably be um, Future Stop Paris or whatever it was called. Um, <laughs> it's just something in Right Game. I didn't really understand it. So that's my fault, not the game's fault. Hundred so, percent, uh, it's your th- fault. Th- that's the only way I could say is a dog of the con because I just didn't understand it. That's completely my fault. But everything else I played was great, so that's it. All Moving right. on, okay, because uh, we've got no need time to learn to colour in within the lines. Yeah, that's that sounds boring. Okay, uh, okie dokie doke. Now we've got a few other questions here. How about? How about you just you and I just go? And okay. Them. Uh, surprise hit of the con, and tell you what. I'm going to go first, and then Garth and Mark can go last. <laughs> uh, surprise of the con. I've got two written down here. Uh, 
and I'll talk about them quickly because it might be on you guys' list as wellses. Uh, one of them is the game Challenges because we we kind of ripped into it a little bit because the fact that it was a Kenish Bill nominated, you know, that's supposed to be for the gamer, gamey, gamer game people, hardcore gamers, you know, your big Euros that take five, six hours. And this game really ain't that. So why it's nominated for that award, we still absolutely can't tell. <laughs> However, in terms of the game itself... The problem is is that you need a high play count. At six or eight, I think this game is actually really fun. I would never touch it or even look at it with less than that many people. So if you have a large gaming group that meet quite often to do things like party games or bigger games, or you run a con or you have your own gaming group, get your hands on challenges. Six, seven or eight, good fun, especially around a table you can all move around in. And I was expecting the game to be garbage. So that was a bit of a surprise to me. Still should not be nominated for that award in any shape or form. And the next one is Sagrada, because as I said before, a game we played several years ago, it was like when it was the hotness, when it first came out, we thought, this is fine, and then never really thought too much of it. But like I said, our good friend Ron, um, he absolutely loves it. He has all the expansion for it. He put the best modules into this five-player game yeah. that he could, and it just flowed on. And funnily enough, I'd actually won a copy of Sagrada the year before it bought it on <laughs> and just never got around to it because it just wasn't top of the pops. And then as we played it, I went, actually, hang on, this is much better than I thought it was. And then I realized, oh, hang on, stop being selfish, Leon. Your wife loves, loves puzzles and shiny stuff. She'd probably really like this. Yep. So I got my hands on a couple of select expansions that Ron recommended, and I'm now going to play it with my wife and a couple yep. of friends, I believe, this weekend. Lovely. So that was excellent. Garth. Uh, so for me, uh, being told that you could uh, count and uh, then write one to a hundred sounds like homework. <laughs> uh, but I was very surprised at how much fun Gimme That was, which is a potato-based roll and write. Uh, I'm not going to go into too many details. I feel like we might talk about it at some point in a later on, and I don't want to use up all your time, Mark. Okay. It's, it's insane. Um, but the the actual game that was a, a real surprise to me was Autobahn. Ooh. Autobahn now... It looks like a game that I like. It's got lots of pieces, but it's basically you are uh, building the infrastructure in Germany. Mm. Uh, basically, over the four, they're not four decades. They're, they're sort of they're periods of time. And yep. the last one is the wall comes down, and you've got access okay. into uh, into West Germany. So you're, you're basically constructing highways. You're moving freight around them. You've got little truck meeples that put little um, goods on the back of them. But in order for that to happen, you need to have built the highways. So it's really quite interesting. Leon. Hello. It's advanced ticket to ride. <laughs> what, and you would know all about that, Garth, because that's the game it. that I could say on a public episode that Garth Gray of the Dice Men Cometh has played Ticket to Ride and the Europe version at that. Yeah, whatever. And I've There's still no never evidence. played Race for the Galaxy, and I never will. <laughs> Mark, I, I, I'm terrified to say that you may give your answer. Thank you, Leon. And we'll see how we go. Look, I don't want to confine myself to one game. Oh, good. But go, what go I want to talk about, my hit, uh, my surprise hit, sorry, is not one game, but I'm going to say a group of games. Um, trick-taking games, particularly playing them with our friend Craig Summerton. The king of trick Um, You know, like, I loved Texas Showdown, um, but... The one I particularly want to call out is Craig's Game. I think we're going to see a lot more of this game. Mesozoic Mayhem. With, got a copy over there. With dinosaurs where you've got, I think, was it five or six suits of dinosaurs? But the, the clever thing is there are a different number of cards in each suits. Look, different I number of cards in each suit. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, I won't explain it anymore. It is on Board Game Geek, so you can go and check it out. 
I'm really hoping this is going to go somewhere because I think it's quite a unique concept. I really enjoyed it. But Craig does love his trick-taking games. He took us through a few of them. Our friend Aos also loves those sort of games. And I just, you know, I love the crew too, but I have... I just had a ball playing all those little trick Yeah, look, I'll, I'll just jump in there because you, you're spot on. The other one that I thought was really interesting was My Favourite Things. Mm. Now, Leon, I don't know if you had a chance no, to play that. No, I saw that. what it was, though, and it does seem like a cool idea. Yeah. yeah, so it's a trick-taking game where the first part of it is that each player is creating a topic that another player then needs to essentially create the yeah. suit and the order. So, Mark, I might go to you uh, on these sort of erasable cards. Um, I want you to list your five... So one of the ones I did was your five favourite billionaires. Yeah. So, um, you know, Mark's then got to list his five favourite billionaires from five being the favourite billionaire, which would be his highest ranked card, yeah. down to, and, and that, that being a five, down to his zero card, which is his least favourite billionaire. Uh, Mark, who is your favourite billionaire and why? Well, I didn't do that one. I had food cuisine. I know you did. But yes. You um, got off lightly. So that was really like interesting because then you were playing these cards. Yeah where you could see the name of whatever the answer was, oh, yeah. but you didn't know whether they were the least or the most or somewhere in between. So it was quite an interesting concept. Yeah, and you basically, you played the card, and then when everyone had played cards of that trick, then you all basically sort of looked and looked underneath and saw what number was on yeah. there, and then you were you were right or wrong. There was a little twist to how the tricks played out. And you got to you basically got to learn more yeah. about your fellow players, because Leona might say, well, you know, what's your favourite soft drinks? And you're listing your soft drinks from the most favourite to the least favourite. So um, I get to know that Leon's favourite soft drink is Chalky Milk or something. <laughs> yes, soft drink, the Chalky Milk soft drink. Mad for it. Uh, anyway, just a quick note I'm going to throw in there about uh, Mesozoic Mayhem. There was a few very much laugh out loud moments, mainly the two times I got screwed in the last card that was drawn out out of the points I could have got. But we need to mention that uh, we normally talk about the games that are played the most at the con. There was a lot of scout because oh, it had finally come out. But I'd say the game of the con was probably Cat in a Box. Yeah. That game was everywhere yes. on several tables. And Mesozoic Mayhem, very similar game mm -hmm. in style to Cat in a Box, except it's not insanely overproduced. And Cat in a Box is a fine game. I own it. I think it's an enjoyable game. Mesozoic Mayhem was the same type of feel of that yeah. game. In like was it eighteen cards or yeah, something? Eighteen or twenty one. Created cards. by a mate of ours, Craig. So you know, I hope he could maybe find a publisher for it. That would be awesome. All right, come on, Leon. Time's a waste in here. Oh, sorry, Mark. I didn't realise I was wasting your time. Uh, Okie doke. Uh, so we will save uh, honourable mentions and game of the con till last. So now we'll go with experience. So not necessarily your favourite game of the con, but your favourite gaming experience of the con. And yes, we will give it a crack to go with Mark first. All right. So my favourite experiences. Um, so many to choose from. I'm going to whip through them now. So, board game barbecue, Mike turning up with his party games and having... So now we've got someone to rival AOS with their selection of short little party games. It was fantastic. Um, the game of obsession with yes. Leon, Liz and James teaching us where we put on the voices, had a great time. And the expert teach of Darwin by Norkel. And I will say expertly won by Leon. Smashed it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well done, Garth. Okay, uh, look, I've been wanting to play Frostpunk for a long, 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 long time. You should buy it. You I should, should buy, buy it. games, guys. Okay, um, <laughs> I, I bought one the other day. Um, that, once we got our head around it, and look, the fact that we had organised this with Neil, the organiser and part of the committee, the committee on, on BorderCon, um, and then not surprisingly, he just wasn't able to commit. He, he had a lot of things. He was organising stuff for 200 people. So we basically got a copy of the board game <laughs> yes. that had 
been taken out of shrink and that was it yes so to go from that and thank you very much leon for all the punching of that game that you did do yes which uh, did half on painkillers while and becca all scott of that, in the other hand all of that sleeping that you did with becca scott um <laughs> while you were learning the game um and we didn't even talk about the box for Frostpunk. that's right one of the worst boxes in modern board gaming mm. history amazing so, so look the first couple of hours of monday morning figuring out how the hell to play this game was not the easiest However, the couple of rounds that we then got to play, and yep. particularly the, la- the the second round that we got to play, I really love that. And I think this game has basically taken this war of mine. Because it's the same designer. It is the same designer. And turned it into a game. And, and made it even more interesting. So I definitely want to <laughs> get that, and I definitely want to play that again. It was definitely a highlight. Yeah. Um, I, I just looked through the list. I think I didn't have as heavy a board game sort of experience i didn't play a lot of the longer games like like you two certainly did um pardon i said you're a lucky duck (laughs) (laughs) um but look you know i thought hamster roll was really quite interesting sidereal confluence was probably the most um impressive sort of experience that i personally had um but i also just love spending that time with lee and alan um around the table playing grimwald i Mm. thought that was quite interesting because grimwald is that sort of light to medium euro style game that australia is yet to design yeah there's there's australia is quite good at those lighter card based games but as a designing culture i think we need to move into those medium weight games and grimwald's making that step so i really enjoyed that and as i mentioned earlier alan cheshire we've known for years and an awesome designer and a great bloke and lee we just met for the first time Mm. at this uh you guys have probably met him at pax before i don't bloody know (laughs) uh but straight away i was just like oh lee is our kind of people straight away and those two next to each other just chatting away like i said they're both young they're both smart We've got a healthy future. I was going to say, watching the cogs in their brain turn as yeah. they back and forth, we'd throw out an idea, they'd poo-poo it, but then they'd like riff off that. And yeah, yeah it was a... Many a note was taken. It was yeah. Uh, yeah, so mine, apart from obviously meeting all our friends, meeting heaps of our Patreon listeners, your, your Midnight Skeptics, your Black Rabbits, and you know everybody else. I don't need to name you all. You know who we are and we love you. Everyone should go check out our Patreon. Did I mention it? Oh, really? Yeah. It's the best work that we do by a country mile. <laughs> Uh, Leon's on every episode. That is value for money. Um, but in terms of gaming highlights, I do have to go with my giant war room three turns of chaos because it is quite literally the entire World War Two where you have allies in other players that are playing different countries across the table and you're, you're um, figuring out with them the movement and stuff that you want to do and what you're going to achieve this round. And then you actually do get those cool sticks where you move around pieces around the board because the board is humongous. And it is one of those giant event games that I've always gone on about, like Twilight Imperium, it was one of my favourite games ever. That's a big space epic battle. This is quite literally, you know, the biggest battle this planet has ever seen, sadly. But in terms of the gaming way... Yet. Oh, <laughs> thanks for that, Garth. Uh, but in terms of the, the game mechanics of it, it's actually a really good game. And it, much like TI, it wasn't complicated at yeah. all. It just had a lot of decisions and a lot of things that needed to be done. Do you, you want to know off- about a comp- complicated game? No, I don't. don't want to, oh, I, I don't like complicated want- games. I like long games. I don't like complicated. So this is a game that I think... Uh, it's getting reprinted soon, and I dare to say that I probably will pick up a copy of this, even though it's going to cost me an arm and a leg. And then I've got your giant space event game, and I've got your you know Earth-based event game. Mm. All you need is a big table to put it on. And chances are I will probably only play this game a handful of times in my entire days because yeah. of how long it takes. But you can it's a modular board as well. You can break it down and play a two-player game that's just the war in the Pacific in mm. like three hours if you want. Heaps of scenarios. That's so awesome. it's really, really interesting. And it's a game to play at a con like that where it's 
No, it's a bit ruckus, but it's also a little bit quiet. Table in the corner, lots of pieces, lots of fun. Was this the surprise hit question or was this the highlight? This was the experience. Oh, okay. We've done the surprise hit already. That was one of the first ones we did. Well, look, the the one that I missed, though, the experience of having the big game at BorderCon open till late. So more people stayed late. It looks like it's going to be an ongoing thing. Big room. Big room. What did I say? The the big game. game. I I thought you were going to talk about John Company again. The big game room. (gasps) The big room open till open 24 hours. Meant more people stayed late. The room was chockers. And BorderCon has now gone from every night us being the last people to leave the room to us going, we're getting a bit tired. And you're looking around, there's still probably 50 or 60 people partying hard. At 2, 3 in the morning, which is awesome. Yeah, so it's just taking it to 11 for me. Yeah, it is awesome. So do we want to do some honourable mentions before we get on to our game of the con? Uh, We've got about five minutes. Oh, my God. Uh, So honourable mentions. uh, You do remember that Mark talked about John Company for quite a long time. Um, I've got a few to mention here. The Shiva pop-up game was cool. Playing Grimwald was also cool. Obsession, the theme is one of the least interesting themes to me by (laughs) mile. The reason why Garth didn't play the game. But the actual game itself was really cool. Hmm. Uh, The... The design of the game is really plain. It actually almost looks like Food Chain Magnate on the table. It doesn't look good. A deluxe version of this game with that gameplay, yeah. I think, will do absolute gangbusters. That's my notice to notable mentions. Garth? Uh, Sidereal Confluence. I've wanted to play it for years and years and years. Yeah. I loved it. And I was not surprised I enjoyed it. The one sort of big problem with it is that I lost by one point for somebody. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Yes, it does. Except when you beat Garth by one point, they're the best victories ever. And uh, Mark, your honourable mention. Look, the only other thing, yeah, um, I actually really enjoyed Next Station London. I think it's a great little game, and I think we're going to see good things to come from that. And just like Garth Besh and Frostpunk, I think there's a really great game in there. Just got to get through the clunkiness of it, which always seemed to happen with these sort of story-based games. But I'm really keen to give that another crack. Okay, so game of the con. Uh, I had two this year because straight away I messaged our good friend Charles <laughs> at LFG-AUS to say, Charles, buy these games for me, please, mate. And they were... Uh, Darwin's Journey and Amsterdam. Mm. So it's one of those two. I find it hard to pick. One of them is a worker placement kind of racing game in your Darwin's Journey. The other one is uh, very much an engine builder in your Amsterdam. It's almost like Furnace Advance, which I think is a very cool idea. And I can't wait for you guys to get your hands on it because I think you'll really like it. Um, I think I'm going to go with Amsterdam just for the fact that it's personal to me, being my wife is Dutch and now my children are also part Dutch. The fact that there is a game based on you know the biggest, most popular city in that country and it's actually awesome. I'll be able to teach that to my kids in years to come and you know their grandmother will be able to tell them about that city, same as I can tell them about the city that we've been to. So I think that is amazing. And just quickly, it's a queen game. I looked on their website to buy it. The shipping was going to be nearly 200 USD <laughs> yes, yes. to get that one game here. I was legitimately about to contact some friends in Amsterdam to see if they could buy a copy and send it to me. But I thought, I'll ask Charles first. And he's come through like a champ, like he always does. Please. Garth, game. Uh, look, I, I thought about, you know, is it going to be Frostpunk? Because I just love the idea so much. Or is it going to be Sidereal Confluence? Because I've finally played the game that I wanted to play for so long. Yep. And Sidereal Confluence is, is won it for me. Yeah. Um, it's a game no, that No, you I, came second. Ha, far out. <laughs> um, it's a game I'll never own because it needs to be a minimum of six players and up to nine players, and it's yeah. just not going to get played enough. No. But We'll just play Chinatown instead. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, but the experience was fantastic. This took up more table space than probably any other game that we played, including Frostpunk, mm. because we had six people around the table, each of us with 
20 or 30 face-up cards in front of us with half a dozen different types of resources with a central tableau. And thankfully, every turn, which was all pure negotiation between six of us, did not extend and drag. And essentially, we were in a position every single turn to go, we're done now. We're all done. Yep, we're done. Cool. Let's move on. Sounds like John Company could maybe take a leaf or two out of Sidereal Confluence's book. Funny you should say that, Garth, because my highlight was a little game called Sidereal Confluence. <laughs> oh, so one by one point. But for me, like the, the difference between those two negotiation games is a world apart because this is a game where if you don't negotiate, you are stuck with a bunch of stuff that is totally useless Correct. to you. So you were forced to negotiate, even make decisions at a disadvantage because it was worth nothing to you if you didn't. Yeah, there's and I no benefit to that. keeping stuff. And I think that's why it's not Chinatown because it's not how clever can I be with numbers and work out where I can trade this and still be screwing someone over, but they don't quite realize it. It's because you have to get rid of it. I loved it. Um, yeah. And I'd be scared to play it at higher than six though, because it did take a long time, but it was fascinating. And I'm so glad we got it to the table. So that is just a quick sample of the stuff that we played at Bordercon. As you will know, if you've been listening to the show before, we will be talking about these games for months and months and including the other stuff that we've got going on. I just want to make a mention really, really quickly that there were so many more new faces mm. at this Bordercon, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Yeah. Normally we go there with knowing 50, 60, 70% of the people, if not more. Um, I certainly felt like I knew a large cohort, yeah. but there were so many new faces, and yeah. I think that there's this new excitement, there's this new enthusiasm. Scout, yes, got a huge amount of table presence, but there's so much excitement around that because a lot of these gamers hadn't seen a game like this yeah. before, and that was really exciting. Yeah, and a lot of those people were just friends of the friends of people that couldn't make it this yeah. year, so it's not like those people have gone away. We've just brought more people into the hobby. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to be talking about this for months to come, as we always do. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, a shout-out that we'll be announcing on our uh, social medias we probably might have done it already the winner of our um, uh, everybody wins competition yes our book competition yes which was awesome and we've got a few of those going around around the world which should be very 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 interesting and excitingly coming up when uh, when Cephalofair have their big launch of the Gloomhaven RPG we're going to be doing a Cephalofair competition coming up soon, so keep your ears open for that one. Yes, and also, just another quick one, we'll mention it quite closer to the date, but anybody in Bendigo in Australia, those guys are going to get their own little con as well in October, Bendicon. the Big Weekend, oh, the big who one. is run by a lovely bloke called Ben, who was the one who taught me Amsterdam. There you go. So check out the Big Weekend on all the socials, and we'll yeah we'll talk about that more in the future. Hopefully they have a Bendigo edition of Monopoly there. Yeah, it would be cool. Anyway, we've run out of time as usual. So much gaming in those four and a half days of BorderCon. It was amazing again. Look, people have been saying, will you guys stop talking about BorderCon? Because no, we'll never get tickets. But you we've can. been raving about it now for, well, for me, nearly 10. 10 years ago, 2013 was my first BorderCon. I love it so much. You know, we've already booked our accommodation for next year. I've booked my annual leave. Already, it's going to say, already put leave in the calendar. It's just I've got must- my meds. Attend. Um, Look, I know it's a lot of fuss for people who haven't been to get those tickets. They do go quickly, but give it a crack. And remember, 
we'll have another competition next year where we're giving away two tickets. I'm pretty sure we will. And if you love hearing all three Dice Men at the room at the same time, you know what you should do? should sign up to our Patreon. Did I mention it? For about a dozen of the best episodes we've ever done so far on there and more to come. Plus more competitions and all the funsies. Please get on there because we love you. That's been episode 358 of the Dice Men Cometh. We'll be talking to you soon. But until then, bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. You've been listening to another episode of The Dice Men Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au for all the details of their online and physical retail store. You can find us at dicemencometh.com or on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.